One billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Anamnesis. Noun. The ability to recall past events. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. As a brief note and promotion before we get going... At the beginning of this episode, we go through some mechanics, housekeeping, leveling up, and cipher distribution. And during that time, Rin makes a very niche and rather inside joke. While it's not explained in the episode, we do have a way for you to hear the full story behind it. Our editor, Alex, has taken the time to preserve that audio clip and will be releasing it on our GLM Discord server sometime soon. If this is something you'd like to hear, please consider becoming a Patreon patron. Our lowest monthly contribution of $2 will get you access to that Discord server and all the shenanigans that take place there. If that's something that you're interested in doing, please take a look at our website and you'll be able to find all the links there. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. The ascent begins. And just as it was dangerous to climb down into the Voil Chasm, it's also a risky climb back up. Not to mention the constant fear of Falco's retaliation looming over the party. Climbing begins once again. New abilities are gained and tested, and alarming visions are shared. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory begin their upwards journey. The group of you are about to start your ascent back up the canyon of the Voil Chasm, but before we jump into that, there is some XP and advancements to take care of. So for your adventures in those ruins, everybody can go ahead and take two XP. So with that, I think the only person that puts in the line of advancement would be Rin, because Rin has been hoarding XP. I I may have been doing the uh, RPG no-no, which is I'm just going to keep all my potions in case I ever need them and never use them ever. But what if I need them? But what if I need them? valid strategy. At the final boss, but what if I need them? What if there's post-game content? (laughs) Listen, Uh, I am always going to go retrieve whichever of Smallrin's many knives I throw, because what if I need them someday? It's true. Even though we established that Smallrin only keeps her knives for aesthetics. (laughs) Well, yes, there's also that. This is purely, like, occasionally they will become useful. Rin had 8 XP previously, plus another 2. Puts you at 10. So, let's do a couple advancements that will get you two advancements forward. So, what did you take for your first one? I needed to cap out my tier 2, so I did the plus 1 edge. I threw that in speed, and then I did a stat plus 4 again. And then you got a bunch of stuff for getting up to tier 3 as well, which is really cool. Your selections were great. Inflate my ego over there. 
Yes, so I added device insight, which is when examining any Numenera device, you can ask the GM one question to gain an idea of its capabilities, how it functions, how it can be activated or deactivated, what its weaknesses are, if any, how it can be repaired, or any other similar query. This is for difficult or strange things uh, beyond readily identified by using your Numenera skill, which is which is good. Uh, so that's that. And then I took phase door BT dubs, which is essentially just portal. So I can phase into a solid object surface and then phase out of any other solid object within long range of the first, even if the two objects are not connected. <laughs> there must not be in any intervening barriers between the two objects, and you must be aware of or able to see the destination object. So as long as you can see the other surface, yep. you can create a phase portal to jump through. Yes. That is so cool. Yup. <laughs> You're just gonna be bouncing. Wasn't gonna say no to that one. Nope. <laughs> cool. Now I'm just picturing I'm just picturing Jory like phasing into an object and then just dropping out of the ceiling like a spider monkey onto somebody. <laughs> that is the first thing I thought of other than the do, doing the classic you know roof or, or a ceiling floor, I'm just gonna go for a real long skydive right now, oh, sort God. of thing. That's that is terrifying, though. Yeah, it really kind of is. <laughs> you also can carry three ciphers instead of two now. I sure can. One day I will let loose that god cipher. What's gonna, what's gonna go on there? Will that day be today? I don't know. It might be. Some other mechanics things that I wanted to cover on air. You all had taken some items from the defeated rival party. And I have that list of stuff for you. So, Smallrin, you had taken the device that allowed Raven to fly. I'm calling that a far mover. It allows you to use a flying ability up to a long distance, 100 feet once per day. I'm okay with that being broken up if you wanted to, if you really want to keep track of how far you've moved each day. So if you want to have it like, all right, 20 feet, 50 feet, you know, 70 feet. I will try to remember that because the nickel and diming of it amuses me greatly. Wonderful. Nehemiah had taken the armor from Zerk, I believe. <laughs> this is a little bit more complicated. Yep. What I've describe this as as a breastplate and gauntlets made out of these tendrils. Yes. You can use your action to use the tendrils to attack all enemies within immediate range. So if you're surrounded by multiple, you can attack them all mm -hmm. with your action. Or one enemy within short range. So it can be a, a kind of a reach scenario. Sure. If that tendril hits a foe, it inflicts five points of damage. And then you can make a secondary successful might roll to try and hold that foe in place. Cool. If you want to repeat that roll every round, you can continue to just automatically deal that five points of damage awesome. if they continue to be held. Awesome. The only thing is if you are holding a foe, you cannot continue to attack someone else as well. Gotcha. So I can either do static five or can attack different foes. Correct. Cool. And then there are the ciphers that you picked up. Raven had on access glasses, which allows you to see through solid material of a certain thickness. A Numenera analyzer, which allows you to identify all ciphers and artifacts within immediate range. And a cipher seed, which is a tiny chip that when attached to a cipher will over time turn it into an artifact. So those are the three things that Raven had on her. And then Amiri 
had two ciphers on them. Brain lightning, which essentially is kind of like a, an adrenaline boost. It bumps you up the damage track, but does not fill any of your pools. So for 10 minutes, you do not have any of the detriments of being down the damage track, but you do not get any healing. And then also had something called a heartbeat lock. You place a disc against someone's chest and it synchronizes with their heartbeat. After that, uh, you put the disc along with something else and it seals something inside of it that can only be opened if you then resync it with that same person's heartbeat. Mm. Interesting. Assume you kind of just like grabbed stuff and ran and now are considering who's taking what, if anything. Mm -hmm. What would you like to take? Hmm. So if I care if I take the, oh, wrong accent. Hold on. Let me back up. <laughs> I, went, I went super Russian. I was doing something Wait. else earlier. <laughs> Amazing. I chameleon skinned my voice. It's fine. It's fine. Oh my gosh. Okay. You live in a house of lies. <laughs> I do. Nobody really knows where I'm from. It could be literally any place. Um, Colin Jersey. listeners are going to be so confused. Okay, I'll tell you why I did that, and I know why I did, because I was going to make a joke, and I ruined it. Um, could I have the harpy lock, please? <laughs> That's why. I hate you. you. That's why that happened. I'm so sorry. I am the worst. Here's the question. Do we take the time to explain this joke, or do we just let it be and have it be cut later? I mean... <sighs> I mean, I think our dear editor deserves to hear. At the very why. least, we got to explain it for Alex. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jory, he wants to take the heartbeat lock. Is everyone okay with that? Fine with me. Yeah, I cuddle it. All right, anything anyone else is taking? The brain lightning is very useful. Sure is. And I'll be real honest right now, like the utility would be limited, but incredible. Popping that cypher seed onto the brain lightning. Because that's effectively, Ooh. like, for me, whose job it is to take all the damage, no, that to is... be able to push a button and remain one step up, that's That not is nothing. actually an incredible idea. Because, yeah, I was thinking about the, the cypher seed, how useful that would be. Yeah. That's actually a very... And it wouldn't count towards your limit then. That yeah, actually then you could just the... keep it on you. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If it. everyone's okay with that, I will yeah. take those two, and because uh, both of them count as ciphers for right now, so that'll put me at mm -hmm. my limit. If you put the cipher seed on it now, mm -hmm. does that count towards your limit? The cipher seed would not. Okay. Good to know. Because if that's what you're going to do with it anyway, you might as well do it now. And then yeah. No. That 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 was the thought. Because it is an artifact now, I think that the caveat with this is that you can use it once per day. Gotcha. I think Smallrin is going to hang on to these access glasses because mm -hmm. yeah. these are very cool. It's not just that you can see through up to half an inch of material. You can then pass your hands and anything your hands are holding through that solid matter. You do have to designate an 18 inch by 18 inch area. And once it's chosen, you can't change it, but the effect lasts for an hour. So that's really cool. Yeah. So it looks like the only thing then that has not been considered is the Numenera Analyzer. I will actually say that Tana will pick that up. Oh, cool. All right. With all that figured out, as you all exit out of the main corridor of the ruins and start to figure out how you're going to start climbing back up, you realize that it is early evening, five, maybe six o'clock, and that it had taken you half a day to get down here in the first place. 
you had collectively decided that it's going to be better to try and make this climb all in one go now, even if it means to continue climbing as it starts to get dark. Partially for the safety of not stopping along the way and trying to find a safe place to camp out on a cliffside, and also for not staying here and risking whatever might still be in the ruins, like the Null Cat that had been chasing you, or any of the other creatures that might be lurking nearby. You start to investigate the ropes and the anchor points that you came down on. There had been four that you all came down on, and in theory, Tana has her equipment as well, but you notice that there is a rope missing. Hmm. Did somebody forget to pay their rope rent? Hmm. I would imagine that the uh, friend we let go may have taken that. Oh, if that's the case, I'm kind of nervous about how secure the rest of them are. As we should be. Mm-hmm. As you investigate them, at least at this stage and in, in this section, everything seems perfectly fine. None of the ropes seem sabotaged, none of the anchor points seem loose. For as much as you're able to investigate right here, nothing seems to have been messed with. Smallrin does put her hands up above her head on the rope and put her full body weight on it and just swing back and forth on each of them like a little pendulum. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally fine. Nothing snaps, nothing breaks. You don't hear any disconcerting noises. I suppose we have to see how it goes. I'd like to try something, if I may. Uh Uh-huh. How far up is this cliff in feet? 3,000. Okay. I thought so. Yeah, you made a 3,000 foot descent. Beautiful. I feel like I've learned something this last few days. And I want to try something. So let me just shake it out. Take a deep breath. Okay, all right. I will go up to the the wall, the cliff face. And I'm just going to kind of stick my hand through. And it looks normal for a second. And then I say, okay, now I want you all to observe. If you look up at the rope that's up there... Watch this. And I would like my hand to come out up there completely on its own and tug on the rope. About 100 feet up, because that is what a long distance is, yep. you are able to reach through and tug on the rope I just, farther up the cliff face. I take my uh, other hand and I gesture. Uh? 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 <laughs> what do you think? It worked. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. All I had to do was wish really hard. Is that actually true? Is that really what it was? Or were you just honing your abilities? I'm, I'm actually curious how, as to how you personally figure your stuff out. I would say the burden is on you to prove that those are different things. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> ah, well, I don't know that that helps us too much in this particular circumstance. I guess it could. Ooh, I could just go up 100 feet at a time. No. Keep in mind, I know it, it does cost... <laughs> you three intellect points. Exactly. I feel like by the end of this climb, I will become mentally exhausted. (laughs) So I don't want to try. Should I take off three for that? Then I probably should. Yes. Okay. That's PG. Might as well, you know, you already uh, spent the energy on that. Might as well get your way up there and keep on trucking. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm just going to fit the rest of my body through. I will see you all at the top, I guess. Swoop. At the top of this section. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm going to start to climb. So, Okay. Your hair looks great from up here. Smallrin peers up at you from underneath her hood. And your hood. <laughs> <laughs> 
So as you all are climbing, as you remember when you made your way down, there were some climbing checks to make. We are going to make those same checks going up, but you'll all get an asset for knowing the way this time. It will take you a little bit slower with the fact of having to help another person up and, you know, anchor, drop rope, anchor, drop rope, etc. But it's not going to make the checks any harder. It's Mm -hmm. just going to hinder your timing a little bit. So this time, the checks are going to get easier as they go up, as you get into more traversed areas. So for this first go around, this is going to be a level six climbing check. You all have an asset, and I believe there's a smattering of different skills that I allowed to apply. I know Smallrin took climbing as a flex skill, and I allowed Nehemiah's acrobatics to work, and I think Jory's navigation I think to so. make everything work out there. So I should be able to diminish those I just want to remind everyone that against Zan's wishes, I did call my flex skill spelunking, which is which is still on my sheet. <laughs> I haven't changed it since then, so it's still there. It's climbing. You keep thinking that if it makes you feel better. Okay, here's the options. Either I know, either I know. it's climbing and it applies or spelunking and it doesn't. Okay, fine. Spaliming. Spaliming? Sklumping. Sklumping. <laughs> I'm spending for for a point of effort. Wonderful. Uh, 19. Ooh, All right. Okay. Okay. Cliff fakes take plus three damage. <laughs> no, don't do that. that. Minor effect. That spike goes in there real good. <laughs> 17 plus one damage. We are just tearing up this cliff, y'all. We got to be careful. Okay. Well, we'll see. Oh, I failed with a 12. Okay. As you guys are all climbing up, helping other folks along, Jory, you're up top, and as you're kind of like, you phase in and start climbing, you lose your handhold at one point, and you're trying to hold on to the rope, but you start, like, sliding down a little bit. (sighs) With that in mind, Nehemiah, what would you like that minor effect to be? If I can either split or take the damage for them. You could take it. Yeah, for I'll sure. take it. So as you are climbing, you notice that Jory is slipping down her rope and you kind of like swing over and almost pull the rope towards you so that she slides kind of into you rather than into the rock face and you take two might damage. Oh, whew. careful there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is what I get for having an ego. It's, look, it's a good trick. Uh, it is. Okay, okay. I think I'm fine. Hand hurts a bit. I'm fine. Oh, I'm really sorry. It looks like I got your knee, Nehemiah. A little bit. bit. It's mostly like, all right, it's fine. It's fine. Just keep on going. Keep on going. Okay. Okay. We got this. We got this. For as ineffective as she was in combat, Tana is actually fairly nimble when it comes to climbing. She's not necessarily a fighter, but it is clear that she is able to pretty nimbly make her way up the cliff face and it is having an easy time with it. Prex is still struggling, does not have an ounce of dexterity in their armored body. (sighs) Oh, Prex. (laughs) But is able to keep a grip on everything. There's never been a time where the rope has slipped out of their hands or where they have lost their footing. They just have a hard time keeping the ropes where they need to be and making sure that Nothing is getting tangled. It's really the tangling that's an issue. <laughs> I'm just picturing Brex like punching holes in the rock face as hand and foot holds as they go. <laughs> just like, <laughs> that's really good. Crunch. 
<laughs> and it's literally just the ropes that are holding them up. Like that's the only reason they're not all the all the way at the top already. That's amazing. They're going to get employed to be able to like create these for everybody else in the future. In this portion of things, as you're continuing up, you pass along the smashed tetrahydronist. Oh. And Jory, you kind of reach back and pat the egg that is still strapped to your back. Sorry. Oh, I forgot that Jory took on parenthood. <laughs> I just like to collect things that like to run around. <laughs> and you're not sure if it's just because you're thinking about it or if something actually did move, but you swear you feel a little bit of movement in that egg. Something shaking. It's becoming more real now. <laughs> the next section of climbing. Everyone go ahead and make a level five climbing check. Again, with an asset and whatever skills or effort you would like to apply. Ooh, just barely made it Ooh. with a seven. That is a failure with an eight. Oh, success with a 19. Oddly enough. Okay. Small Ren, you are climbing, and as you grab onto a handhold, you recoil in shock for a moment because what you thought looked like a nice little smooth rock was actually a stone that had a human face carved into it. Oh. And as you put your hand in its mouth, it bites down on you. Oh. And you pull your hand away, taking one point of might damage. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Nibble rock. And start to fall a little bit. Like, again, the rope is keeping you up, but you do kind of, like, slip a little before your harness, like, kicks in. You okay? okay? What happened? The cliff bit me? That's uh, not a very nice... I'm going to be honest, that doesn't make any sense at all. I'm with Nehemiah on this one. There's a face on the cliff. Not a cliff face. There is a face carved into the cliff. And it bit me. Maybe we should have camped, because you're sounding a bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> Just no one touch this stone. Hmm. All right. And huh. perhaps watch for other faces. As you continue your climb, you do not see any other faces. This is just some weird thing that happens to be in the rocks. I am a little obsessed with that and I might steal it. That's very, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know the story behind this. Right. This face like, the cliff. Somebody just like on their way up was just like chilling, decided to carve this thing and then animate it somehow. <laughs> Make up whatever lore you would like. I do not have a story behind it. I just made a weird thing and put it on the cliff. Adding it to the mood board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, rather like searching for objects and clouds, I'm going to be searching for faces through every little shadow on this cliff face now. You do find a couple, um, but they don't end up being carved faces. Oh. You just see faces like the human mind is wont to do. Oh, what was that? Oh, no, that's that's just some granite. What's that? No, that's um. I don't know what that is, but it's not a face. <laughs> In this portion of things, this is previously where all of the pipes with various sludge in them had been what caused Jory to have her mutation. And you do, knowing what they are now, skillfully avoid those pipes and pulling on them or hooking anything onto them. But you do once again hear that haunting, howling 
whistling sound from some of the others that are on the cliff's edge. And again, you think that that is the other ruins that might be down here because on some of these masses and collections of pipes, you see little platforms or areas where someone might be able to crawl into and around and outside of this area. But that haunting, whistling hum of wind going over these open pipes is about all you can hear for a small portion of time. Mm. At this point, the handholds and footholds start to become a little more readily available. This is starting to get into the section where people have traversed this a little more frequently and it's a bit more trailblazed. There are even some times where those areas are marked with paint or colored fabric to show people where the safe and easier sections to climb up are. Let's go ahead and make one last climbing check. This one, a level four. Again, with an asset and whatever you'd like to apply. Ooh, 20. Lovely. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I did not give you your minor effect. Oh. Oh. Previously, that's Rin. true. That's true. Let's backtrack for a moment. Okay. What would you like your minor effect to be? I would like to pass down some gauze that I had that I can, that just happens to be at an easy place to Smallrin, whose hand got bit by the cliff face, so that the it's not more difficult to climb with an injured hand, maybe. Okay. Sure. So I kind of. No negative to climbing for that. Wiggle Absolutely. that out. Okay. So for this last section then, Rin, you rolled a 20. I did. And Nehemiah just got a 13. Ooh, and Smallrin rolled a GM intrusion failure. Well, amazing. Actually, you know what? No, you know what? We're, we're going to let it happen. You're going to let it ride? We're going to let it ride. I don't have enough in my pools to start paying to diffuse stuff. Mm-hmm. Smallrin, you are climbing very carefully. You don't want to put your hand into another rock mouth. <laughs> Even though you haven't seen any others, you don't want to do that. Ogrim Orb is on full alert for rock mouths. Yes. Yes. But you're paying a little too close attention to where your hands are going and not where your feet are going. And your foot slips and you hadn't quite brought your carabiner up on your harness again yet. So you fall a little bit further than you expected this time. And you land on like a small ledge, somewhere where someone could like take a seat, big enough for a person, but you land on this ledge. And so first you take four might damage. Well, that knocks out my might pool. <sighs> oh. Ooh. Okay. Um, so you do go down the damage track. Yeah, yeah. no, Smallrin's not well. <laughs> there is something else that's going to happen, but I'm going to say, Rin, what do you want that major effect? What What is Jory's major effect? Would you like to try and mitigate the damage? Yes. With the phase door scenario? I think so, yes. Jory, you look down and see Smallrin slip on her foothold and start to fall. And you see where she's falling towards. Mm -hmm. You see that ledge. Yep. And you quickly touch the cliff face in front of you and imagine that ledge below you. And you are able to phase through that area and break Smallrin's fall. Smallrin, you do not take that damage. Yep, I'm just going to one arm bear hug through the wall, <laughs> which is then around Smallrin on the other side. What does happen? is that although you do not take the damage, you still land on this ledge. And as you do, you hear a cracking crunch under your feet. Uh-oh. And you look down and there are these blue crystals here. 
and something, some sort of dust erupts from the crystal as it shatters underneath your foot, Smallrin. Um, I would like to very quickly push Jory back through the wall, essentially. <laughs> you push Jory back through the wall. Smallrin, you immediately have your vision enveloped by an image, kind of layered on top of what you're currently seeing here. You're standing on this ledge and you see Falco stop here and take a breath before using a rope and climbing back up. Also, in that moment, you see that she had also crushed a crystal underneath her foot. Kind of looks wildly and confusedly around before then continuing to scramble up the cliff face. Once that image exits within like a 10-foot area, she's gone. I'm going to stop and take a closer look at the crystals. Is this something that I might recognize? You don't recognize this particular thing. You know that there are materials or items that can hold the image or memory of a certain place or time. You've never seen it in this form before. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to use a second GM intrusion here. (laughs) Even though you pushed Jory back in, Jory, you still get some of this as well. But for some reason, you get a different vision. What you see is Dremlin. You see Dremlin climbing up along with Hadik, and they kind of stop here for a moment. And then Hadik is looking at a cube identical to the one that you held previously, the one that you put in the back of Lakra's head. It's kind of just turning it over in his hands a little bit and finds a way to like open it and something falls out of it before he puts it back together. And while he's sitting there, Drum kind of grabs him by the arm and starts like pulling him up to like continue up. And as the image is about to fade, you see a third figure climbing up behind them. There might have been more people. Lakra described more people, but one specific person you see that you were not expecting to see was Lem. The person who gave you the information about coming down here, who claimed they had never been down in this area. What on earth is going on here? This shocks you and you have no idea what to do with this information. You can either give me an XP to make the next part of this not happen with the shock of this scenario, or you can take an XP, let it happen, and give the other XP to someone else. Oh, I'm going to let it happen. Okay, so you get an XP. As you see this washes over you, you see the image fade. You blink and shake your head for a moment and you have no idea why you're on this mountain. Why are you climbing? There's ropes, what is happening? You have for, at least right now, lost the memory of why you are here. Ooh. Ooh. Do I know who I am? Yes, you know who you are. This is not a full amnesia scenario. You remember who you're with, you remember all that stuff, but you have no idea why you are on a cliff face. You don't remember how you got here. Ooh, I'm holding on completely frozen. What's going on? Eventually, everyone kind of like recollects up uh, near Smallrin and Jory. Smallrin's going to start climbing up towards Jory then. I say, what's going on? Everything okay? No. I fell and had some sort of vision because of these crystals. Jory, did you see anything? Uh, no, I don't know what we're doing here. Um, are we going up? Are we going down? I, I, I wasn't Jory. here a second ago and now I'm... I'm 
I can't move. Jory. <sighs> breathe. Has this ever happened before? Tana kind of whispers to Nehemiah. N- no, not really. No, mm. not that I could think of. I mean, I mean, we do this kind of stuff enough that, uh, you know, the weird things happen. But this is the first time something like this is. <sighs> okay. All right, Jory. Mm. Jory, we're moving up. Okay. Okay. We're, we're going, going up. Okay. We'll we'll assess in a minute. We're almost at the top. Okay. You got this, and we'll figure it out. Mm. Okay. Jory, who do you give your other XP to? I just help small Renzo, Nehemiah. Thanks for your comforting words. You can have it. Cool. Nehemiah's right, Jory. We're we're close to the top. Can you can you keep going? I I know that you know how to do this. It's it's not like you haven't done this before, right? I don't. Yeah, yeah. I I, I can do it. I can do it. I just. Oh, I think I was going to fall. I, I, I didn't think I was on a cliff, and then I was on a cliff, and now I'm on a rope. And Let's keep moving. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jory, by the time you get to the top of the cliff, very edge, you are starting to get bits and pieces back. You remember being in the ruins, and that's kind of where you, the last portion of time you remember, but you're starting to get those things back. You remember... All right, the, the faces and the rocks. Okay, yeah, that was funny. Maybe not funny, but funny. Um, <laughs> right, okay, yeah, and, and the egg. Yes, I, I, I've, got, I've got the egg still. It's kind of foggy, but you're able to piece it back together by the time you all get up to the top. And when you do get up to the top, there, although it is dark, very dark, there is a light, a glow globe on a stick, almost like a torch, by the edge of the cliff where your anchors are. And there is no one manning it there right now. But where you paid your way down, safety guaranteed, <laughs> you climb back up over the top, safe and sound. Mm-hmm. It is the middle of the night at this point. Getting to the top, I kind of want to survey the area. We don't have anybody waiting for us, nothing like that. Nobody's waiting for you. Falco's not waiting for you. There's no ambush. Right. Nothing like that. Cool. I will lay flat on the ground. Brex slumps onto the ground next to you. Mm -hmm. Smallerin is also going to take the opportunity to just kind of like calmly sit because everyone else is on the floor and she's very tired. Mm -hmm. Let's take like five... And then get back to the hotel and sleep this off. Jory, are you feeling any better? I think so. The dirt here is really good for mopping up my clammy hand sweat. <sighs> Trying not to make dirt angels. Just um, want to make extra sure it's underneath me. It's rather like closing your eyes and taking a step, you know, and, and, and then realizing that step wasn't there and, and then you're just in the middle of a cliff. <laughs> You all rest for a moment (laughs) before collecting yourself and starting your way back up. The lift that you took down is operational at any time, so you start taking your way back up to the city proper. Once you get to the top, guard members of the Thryn once again give you a slightly rougher-than-necessary interrogation about where you were and what you did and what you found and what your intentions are. It's all very bureaucratic, And again, they're gruffer and a little bit unkind about it, but you're able to make your way through that and not have any further problems arise. Do I recall as we walk, do I recall the image that I saw eventually? Yes. I will say once you get up to the city, as you are walking through the streets, you start to remember that you also had 
a vision from the situation on the ledge. You get back to the downgrade in hotel style place that is dug down into the ground. And you still have your room on hold and mm -hmm. you're able to go and spend your time there. Jory, by the time you're back, everything in your head is fully clear again. Have no gaps in your memory at this point. <sighs> I don't know what caused that, but I'm okay now. I uh, saw something too. Mm. You did? Yeah. Um, previous climbers, but it was um, it was my brother. Oh. And uh, Dremlin, of course. And Lem? Really? It was Lem, right? That's the name? Yeah. One who sent us down there in the first place. Who supposedly hadn't been down before. Well, he didn't say how far he had or hadn't been down. No, but it was right it was right alongside the two, I think. Or was it? Does it seem separate? I suppose I should ask. No. Okay, I didn't think so. It was all of them. That's not a good sign, is it? Not really. My brother he he had something. He had something with him, a, a cube. He opened it. Something dropped out. Spallrin, did you see anything? All that I saw on that ledge were more of the same crystals. Hmm. Although I saw something as well. You did? I broke one of the crystals, and then I saw a vision, a memory of Falco climbing the cliff and stopping on that ledge to rest, and also encountering the crystals. Hmm. Did you see any crystals on that ledge in your vision? No, I didn't. Did he do that? Is that where that came from? Perhaps. It seems to be some sort of memory. It seems to be capturing images, and when the crystals are broken, those images are released. Maybe he was trying to leave a breadcrumb? Well, as Lakra said, they took the uh, box because they were looking for information. Potentially, your brother was trying to make sure that they didn't have it, or it could have been an accident. Either way, if they didn't get what they were looking for, there's every potential they would need to come back. <sighs> I think I need to lay down. I would also appreciate some time to rest. Mm -hmm. I, I would as well, but um, might I ask where it was you encountered my brother? Where where Sale was when he asked oh, you to go find me? In the... Like upstairs in like the, 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 the lounge restaurant area joint, that place. Okay. Okay. Um, hopefully my, maybe my communicator will work now that I'm up here. Did he offer to pay you? I'm sure there was something we discussed, but <laughs> honestly, it feels like it was like six months ago or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was Sale said, I can pay you. And Nehemiah said, let's let us find her and then we'll figure it out. <laughs> Gotcha. Okay, good. So <laughs> that sounds like me. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go find him then. And would I be able to find you back here again? I, I really would like to repay you in, in some way. Yeah, we'll be here at least through midday tomorrow. I mean, we're going to, okay. we got a few other folks we got to touch base with, but I'm not looking to linger any longer than we need to, especially with kind of what we learned. Okay. Well, I will find you in the morning then. Appreciate it. I hope you have a good rest. Thank you. Tana leaves, and the four of you are able to take a rest, finally on solid ground and not climbing, or in a ruins in a comfortable bed. 
Thank you so much for listening to episode 96 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. There you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Elliot, Keith, and Carl for their support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review on whatever podcatcher you use, and tell a friend about the show. Of course, you can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered in Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. Be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.